All right, everybody, welcome to this Monday edition of the Leadership Blend with your host, Ricardi Rice, and my correspondent, Simone Shuri. Double R. All right, so I was out of, t- out of commission this weekend, so I'm not even going to front. I vaguely know what's going on, but uh, you... T- so when you, you went home? I did. I went to... My first cousin got married this weekend, so I went to South Aww. Carolina to uh, to witness weddings. Yeah, Weddings and funerals are the same thing to me. I, Pardon? They're the same thing to me. Like, hey, a look, wedding is a funeral. Why people always is look that at me crazy when I say that? I, I, I don't, don't understand. What do, you, what do you mean? It's same like a, a wedding and a funeral are the same thing to me. Like they, You got a bunch of people that show up to a place that might not really mess with you like that, but they got invited. Is that, oh, is that the idea? Okay. And just the fact that people view marriage like... So you went out of obligation? <laughs> the death of oh, being oh, single. Oh, they view marriage like that? <laughs> marriage not is the death of being single. That's what <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a little more than that, but it's just like the way people, people just don't value marriage like they used to. So, you know, you getting married and you spending all... I guess my aunt taught me a very valuable lesson. Mm-hmm. My aunt had one of those big, beautiful fairy book, fairy tale weddings. It was amazing. The horse, horse-drawn carriage. They stayed married like five years. Okay. And she was still in debt over that wedding. I'm sure. And, you know, I just like, well, why are we doing this? Like, what what is the, the point? So I'm just, ever since then, I'm just kind of like, I, get that. I don't. As a happily married MF, I Here we go. cannot possibly draw that comparison. Did y'all have a wedding wedding? No, we had a, no, we did not. And See, I that's specifically what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, no. If you had a wedding wedding where, oh my God, I'm getting the count. No. Like, like, I don't. For what? Just show up at my house and bring money. What? Money is important. But that's you know registry. We that's had a, I, I had a registry. I had a registry. I did not did. do a. So what y'all do? Did y'all like go to the courthouse and, and? No, we didn't. We still went to a hotel, but it was not a whole bunch of family. First of all, I have a huge family. She has a huge family. We weren't doing that. Just people we literally love, kill, bleed, die for, would bury a body for. Very, very important people, not extras. Uh, photographer, one photographer, one uh, the woman who who did our vows. Very, very small. Just small. Because it's just a day. So what did y'all wear? To me, just the thought. What did y'all wear? I wore a dress. She wore a tux. But they were not thousands and thousands of dollars worth of stuff. It was just a nice dress. I can't see you like all decked out in a wedding dress because that just, you're so, you're like me. You're like just really simple. Yeah, I just refuse. You wear pants all the time. What? Do you even wear? I I wore a dress in here before. I wear dresses and heels all the time. Ever since Hillary lost. Uh, First of all, (laughs) FYI, our my so my wife's good friend. Her name is Shamique Holsclaw. She had a huge wedding. Some some lesbians have huge weddings. Is what I'm trying to say. It's not just a gay thing to have a small little. (laughs) There are plenty of people who like big elaborate weddings. We're just I just not one of those people. I'll be I'm just I didn't if you had you told me you had a big wedding. I'm like I have to see pictures. I don't believe you. You're just not that person. Mm -hmm. And see, which I need to meet your wife. I you mean, do. I, I, I want, need to bring her like, up here. I have you like half a week. You've been saying so that I for should. like two months. You was going to bring her up. That is true. <laughs> That's true. He does have a point. That, that is very true. Yeah, sure. I mean, what, you ashamed of us? We, no. Ashamed well, of us? no, you? I'm not ashamed. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. <laughs> Are you ashamed uh, of us? That's what I feel no, like. No, I wanted her to. In fact, I know, right? She's like, no, I'm not ashamed. Per se. Really? Shame. I'm gonna go straight. <laughs> anyway, um, in addition, a sixth grader was arrested what? for not standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. Oh, so good we have lord! Over. It's insane. Cr- misdemeanor charges for disturbing the peace, I believe. No, it's official. We've hit rock bottom. It's America. <laughs> We're arresting six-year-olds. I don't. I don't sixth grader. I don't sixth grader. How every time I say it, like, don't nobody listen. This is America. This country was built. Jerry, we've like talked about this. Everything, oh my and god, the way they feel. I, Everything is becoming emotional. I feel like you think that you're some kind of oracle. No, and that I, you I foretell feel like, the future and nobody listens. No, I just think that uh, people look at 
these situations emotionally like dang it's sad that a sixth grader got arrested is it well i do think that's sad i it, mean at least but look at what they got concerning. arrested for and then look at why it's a misdemeanor to not stay you know there are parts in the president of allegiance they took out just because it's a crime to say them in schools yeah, so you my can't school, say my school parts it of too. the pl- so you created something that we have to say every single day and stand up and then tell me that there's parts in it that I can't say now because like you changed the rules the same person that wrote the thing that, that that's a conversation in and of itself though because with the Kaepernick situation he just settled you now you said it ain't all wrong Kaepernick sorry <laughs> I'm sorry, my mind is somewhere else. I'm sorry. Colin Kaepernick just settled the they reported with the NFL as well because he had obviously found a lawsuit. I think him and there was one other player involved in the lawsuit. Yeah, Yeah, and they just settled for undisclosed amount. We don't know what that amount is. They Um, owed him twenty two million dollars. Do you think that's what he got? No, I think they had to pay him way more than that. It's just very weird, like that with the national allegiance and how important it is to so many people, but how unimportant it is to so many other people. Like it's just it seems to be very, very split like it's either one i don't know if it was always that way i think most people were kind of indifferent but now i feel like you either love it or you just refuse to do well i think that that gladys knight's statement about it and how strongly she felt about it and looking at her era was kind of where i was like this does kind of mean some things to that generation yeah uh, of african-americans i was like wow because you know gladys was like everybody's like no you shouldn't be saying she's like look here i was protesting when you were in diapers (laughs) So for me, it holds a certain level of significance, which is why me being asked to do it is something honorable for me. And it was in that moment that I went, "Oh, I never thought about that makes you know, a lot the of older sense. generation well, we feeling about that, that, that way." Before the show, like you know, the thing, the thing with protest, especially with the, with the generation of social media, what does it affect? What does it affect? Trayvon got killed. Trayvon is from Florida. I am from Florida, but I seen people get killed. Nobody protested. So you protest somebody getting killed, and then he get off. Nobody do nothing about it. His address is public record. Show up at his house. Like, it didn't affect anything. Nobody stopped going to work. Nobody stopped going to school. Like, it didn't affect anything. Back then, when you protest or you boycott, it stops an economy. It shut down the public system in Montgomery when these folks said they weren't going to catch the bus. And they did it across the South. Like... It's documented how much money Marta, that was like really new in the, in the city of Atlanta, how much money they lost. It's documented how much money people actually lose when everybody is like, you know what? Nah, we ain't doing it over here. Y'all ain't doing it over there. I bet y'all doing it over there. All right, so all of us not doing it? Cool, so let's not do it. And let's not talk about how long we not going to do it until something actually gets done. Well, I think the issue is, though, there are so many alternatives. Like, when they did stuff, there was only one way of doing it. So it was like, okay, if we don't do it this one way, then then they're going to shut down. Now it's like, okay, well, we're not going to drive our cars on Friday to work. Well, everybody takes Uber and Lyft. So doesn't really affect anything because they'll find an alternate way to get around you not utilizing their services. Well, There's so many other variables that go into it. If it's that, like with the pro, we, we talked about it with the, uh, the teachers boycotting that uh, last week on Friday. If you boycott, don't go to work. Don't go to work to boycott. So here, but here's the thing. So it's it's very easy to say it doesn't do anything, but in alone, you could debate that it may not. But that's not all that's been going on. Like Kaepernick has his own charity that revolves around social justice initiatives and criminal justice reform and the NFL in general has now created one for a lot of the players to pull their money in and to get bills passed, like the first step act that just passed, they've got like a list of six bills that they're trying to get done. One of them was in New Orleans. Um, 
and they wouldn't. And there's an organization that right, and well, there's an organization that formed out of that too called uh, Votes, um, which I think is Voices of the Experience, and it's staff full of people who are experts. Some of them are former um, former people who've been incarcerated before, um, and who know the system, and who partly got the jury a really ugly jury law change that basically said that, you know, if two or more agree, that person <laughs> gets sent to jail. So they. That stuff does happen. That stuff doesn't really take up as much of the headlines, but it's really hard to separate it because what it does take to get people to sign their to sign the right bills and to get people to like look at it right is a big public outcry. Mm-hmm. Like there has to be there has to be political pressure because as, if you're an elected official, you have like a hundred million bills sitting on waiting waiting for you. You've got people petitioning you all the time. This is important. That is important. So you have to get louder than all the other mm-hmm. animal rights groups that are whining and the you know these people who want this and those people who want that you've got to get a big enough groundswell to where they're like okay well let me move my stack aside and focus on this because otherwise everybody just sounds the same when you're but that's what that i told um, double r when we were off the air it was like how do you be a voice in a sea full of voices like everybody has an opinion now yeah. and everybody can climb on a platform to voice that opinion mm-hmm. how do you get above all the other voices you know, like, yeah. that's... like you know when you're in third grade and like it's recess and you and your friends talking somebody talking next to you right and they trying to talk louder right they hear you right. talking and right. you get louder and exactly everybody else get exactly louder. that's what it is and eventually somebody has to come in the room and say hey mm. how about we all talk like it when people say certain things it makes especially black people upset when somebody comes out of nowhere and say the reason that black people can't unify is because there was always a leader it was always somebody to step up and say, hey, I know you feel this type of way and you feel this type of way, but right now the agenda is this. We don't have that now. And social media is becoming the leader to most people. So you can say whatever you want and do whatever you want, but then also say, hey, but I agree with you, but right now I'm this Gucci belt. Like, or yeah. I gotta go to work right now because these kids need my help. So do the kids need your help or do you need your money? But that's why, okay, so that's why I think it's good when these organizations are getting that, that, like, celebrities have a lot of power to pull people, mm-hmm. but they also have 20 million different things mm-hmm. going on, and they usually don't know what they're talking about or what they're doing. So Van Jones' company, again, Dream Corps, they worked with Meek Mill to get a campaign done. They've worked with Alicia Keys. They've worked with John Legend. So they've leveraged that these people have celebrities and have a following to get certain numbers on petitions and to, to put it in front of people to get stuff done. But what they've also done is they've... Um, Rock Nation now, Van Jones is signed to him. And there's another organization coming out. It's not Meek Mills. Maybe it is. Um, where basically labels are going to start taking on like PR stuff and nonprofit stuff and doing something with it. So rather than like a person being a celebrity and then having a charity nobody's heard about, it's going to become more of a part of like what they do. And I I'm like, that, I think that, yeah, that's I think having. When him yeah. get out of jail and as soon as he got out of jail, Meek has a new program or Meek is doing this and you're starting to, especially with because jay-z's name is so synonymous with him being like that guy in not just the industry but in business it makes sense for you to stand next to that so for van jones or for jeff bezos or for uh uh robert Kraft or for diddy or you're talking about people like in various business that probably don't really see each other Mm -hmm. as much but now everywhere you see meek you'll see robert Kraft. Mm -hmm. I'm talking uh, yeah. about Robert Kraft at the All-Star game last night with the championship chain on. Right. Like, I think that's what activists need is they need they need agents, they need that mm-hmm. they need a platform because right now it's it's always two very separate things. So if you can give agents a platform and help them to leverage that, I think that'll make a big difference right there. But 
as far as this Pledge of Allegiance issue is concerned, since you haven't heard about it, I'll just I'll give you the background for it. This was in Florida. Sixth grade in Florida was arrested after he refused to participate. <laughs> Melbourne. No. Tampa, near Tampa. Tampa. Um, refused to participate in the Pledge of Allegiance, escalated into a confrontation with police and school officials. According to authorities, he was an un, unarmed boy. He was charged with disrupting disrupting the peace, how disrupting you, a school function on February 4th. Like that? And yeah. it's acceptable. That's the question. That's my big question. Yeah, the mother, the mother's like furious. Um, what um, but it, ethnicity was the child? Uh, he was African-American. Oh, he was black. So, uh, so not only do you say that he disturbed the peace, you have to put in the statement he was unarmed. He in the sixth grade and you arrested him in school. But then the question becomes, does he have a history of disruptive behavior? And and that's what I I'm saying. I don't know, but the teacher... He's in the sixth grade. More yeah, than likely, he probably think he's funny. He's trying to talk to girls. He maybe. probably got an iPhone now. He's trying to show them the Instagram. He described the flag as racist, and he said that the national anthem was, was offensive. Now, the teacher, though, this is some interesting. The teacher, um, according to a spokesperson, is no longer at that district. So she was not aware of the policy that the kids don't have to say the pledge. So the teacher believed the kids did have to say the pledge and escalated the situation. Her name's Anna Alvarez, so... Oh, she about to get somebody. Clearly Latina, but she is no longer with the district. That's interesting because normally the teachers are cool, I think. I've never really heard. And I, maybe she left. Maybe I'm not saying she was fired. I don't know. I mean, now that we have this whole uh, culture that we get snippets of stuff, I always have to get the backstory. Like, you know, what kind of school is this? Uh, because we get these snippets. They'll take a snapshot of some situation, get everybody outraged, and then, then you find all this stuff out that's like, Wow, that there was a lot other stuff to this story than what you gave us. So now I have to have the backgrounds. Like, you know, was this child considered a problem child? Uh, what kind of school was this? What he are the demographics of this school? We don't know that. But here's no, the, we don't know that. But here's the, the thing. Story. He, he was a smart child, AB student. He wasn't a problem child. He didn't have, like, disorderly conduct all the time. He wasn't going to the office. He but even if he did, grader. this is another question that's come Look, up is why are police, when do you put police in the situation? That's another big overarching yes. question is when, they are you calling police the second you can? Is that what pe teachers do now? They just immediately call the police? Or is it like a last resort? Or, get out, what kind are of, they employed at the school? What, she, what like, kind of school are we talking about? Is this a rowdy type school? I mean, what? <laughs> what do you mean a rowdy? So what? If, what this, if it is, is rowdy? This, is this what the Eastside High? It's, her name's Anna Alvarez. So I'm assuming if she is white, she's Hispanic white. So, so listen to what you're saying. You're talking about a woman that's afraid of a sixth grade black boy. That's that why I'm asking. What kind of school is this? Is this an East Side High? Is this an East Side High? Would they keep police? It's the suburbs. That's why the movie Lean on Me. Have you seen the movie Lean on Me? Yeah, but Freedom Riders. No, no, the movie Lean on Me. Oh, good. Okay, Simone is officially fired. But no, pause. Have you never seen Lean on Me? Is this like Coach Carter? No. Like, it's about a uh, school that was African-American that was so bad. Coach it's Carter. Similar, it's similar no. to Freedom Riders. And probably Freedom Riders. I've never yeah. seen Freedom Riders. Hillary Swank. I don't think so. Yeah. Lean on Me and she Freedom Riders. She was a white teacher in a school and in the hood. And she changed everything. And she had kids writing <laughs> in journals. Look at what you just said. She was a white teacher <laughs> yeah. that changed everything in a but black school. But Lean on school. Me is different, though. Exactly. Yeah. This it's is different. a black teacher, a black principal who came in and changed a black school that was so bad they were breaking out fights in the middle of the 
That's your homework. Uh, Patrice, please get your wife to watch. <laughs> I'm going to type that in the credit. Please get your <laughs> wife to watch Lean On Me. I bet you Patrice has seen it. Her name's Patricia, but. I mean, Patricia, I'm sure Patricia You can just call her P. You can just call her P. She may have. She, I think she's seen all the black movies, and she's helping me. Like, I saw Friday I like recently. Privilege again, baby. You said recently? I saw Friday recently. You never seen Friday? I hadn't before. Man, she insisted crazy. on it. Yeah. But, but it's your homegirl. But this your home. This your homegirl now. Yeah. Hey, just know that you can't get paid for, like, frying. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I ain't going to go there. <laughs> we know how you feel about minimum wage, but look, I'm saying here, sixth grade boy, this is a, it's it's near the suburbs in Tampa, so more than likely it's a very diverse school, and it's Tampa. Tampa is very diverse. That's why I'm like, this just seems off the cuff to me. Like, but they would you ask those same question if it was a little white kid? Actually, but if it. To your argument before we were on the air, if it was a little white, a Caucasian child, you know, and they shot up the school. Yeah, they would say Caucasian, a little Caucasian, white exactly. A Caucasian child, they, they shot up the school. They would say yes. he was mentally disturbed. But if it's a little boy that don't want to, don't want to stand for the and prayer, he stated his reasons. He's, he's unarmed. What's, what's and weird? He's disturbed. But you know, growing up, like I didn't do the That's pledge at all. Because we, we just did, we, I thought that was a strong, my mother thought that was a strong word, and her family, they're Jehovah's Witnesses, so they don't pledge to anything. They just refused. In my day, you didn't have a choice. You did well, that, and you took fluoride. See, and I opted out And that's that what I'm saying. Like, with, I went to private school, and I went to Catholic school. Catholic school, we, we get up in the morning, you know how, them hymns, they gonna pull out the rulers if you don't stand up and say no. They hymns. really do that? Like, hey, hit you with rulers? And hey, let me tell you something. Oh, uh, corporal punishment. Let me tell you something. I am Our working Lady with a group Lord. trying to outlaw that. Shout out to Our Lady of Lords. <laughs> Our Lady of Lords taught me how to take tests. Okay. But Or else. They, they, hey, look. <laughs> okay. Hey, look. No, I'm saying, like, you got to test to get in school. You got to test to get out of school. You got to test when you're in school. Like, but certain environments, and we're starting to view, we're starting to, when you start viewing children, as that violent for not standing for something that most people don't really stand for. Like if you don't go, I've never seen anybody in their house stand up for the pledge when they watching it on TV. Well, you're not gonna see them in their house. I, mean, I, I don't hear anybody saying, talk about it either. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know what you're trying to say. Like, but, what, but then when, they, first they took God out of it in yeah, schools, you, and then they now that, then they kind of made it like an optional sort of a thing. It's just, it's just weird. Just very weird, but it was a misdemeanor charge, and the the mother is not having it, and she's going to take it as far as she can take it, as far yeah, as the eleven year old is concerned. Right. As a sixth grader, for not standing for the pledge, they're not going to read that when they read his record. Oh, you got a misdemeanor for a misdemeanor. the service piece. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's your little ba. I absolutely agree. I, I I absolutely agree. I'm just saying, and I keep saying this about the court of public opinion. I re, I'm not going to let the internet tell me a story based off a snapshot that's all i'm saying i absolutely the agree they're lies in my no, point no, no no that's actually what the news is doing because news is starting to realize tmz is like more powerful than us slick they're getting the interviews that we want to get like cnn is always going to be that thing like when we want to hear some some news news we'll go find cnn but you know what cnn did they updated their app so now you got these people that write controversial for TMZ you can tell when you read them them articles on CNN they them articles they never used to be this interesting it used to be exactly the same thing you would hear somebody say on CNN we're starting to see a shift from watching the news to like walking around with the news it makes more sense for CNN to post on Twitter and Instagram than to actually put what they're actually going to say on TV you won't see it so they'll post it on Instagram Look, I saw it on Instagram. Look, kid, get arrested for not standing. I didn't know. I thought I was tripping. 
I also thought he was white. Because the story was a little kid got arrested for not standing for the yeah. flag. I or thought I figured he was, he was or I figured he was violent. Like I figured there was more to it. Like I thought kind of saying. the way they was the I cause on Instagram you only see like that first half of the paragraph. If you don't actually see more, you won't actually read it. So I seen it and I kept scrolling like, dang, little white kid bad is like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but then when you find out like he black and he was a good student and like his mom actually fit to turn up, then you start looking at this whole situation different. The the fact that the first question is you asked is is he violent? Like, that was that not the first question I asked. I asked. I said I want the background on no everything. Background. I want the demographics that. of the school. I want to know what kind of communities. I want all the information so that before I go ham, because off a headline, especially if you find this as an African American kid, it is enough to go ham. Before I go ape, I want all the specifics. And actually, we need to start doing more of that. Like I said, this giving us a snapshot, and we kind of go into bat for it. And then later on, after we done made this big stink about it, finding out there were all these moving pieces. But that's what we do. That's fair. But we okay, got to stop, but, but okay, stop doing that. But, but that's what I was talking about before we went on air. Like, that is the reason why most things that we do don't work. We're introduced to, we're introduced to the story. We're not actually introduced to the information. And when you get the story instead of the information, you be like, oh, Gucci, boycott, three months? Bet, I ain't buying no Gucci for three months. But you've never bought Gucci, and if you did, it was fake. <laughs> He brought Poochie. So, <laughs> like, bigger, we got to stop playing. So let's, let's, but let's point out the bigger questions for this. The first one, I think, is, does the pledge need to be in schools at all? Well, they've been talking about taking the pledge out, out of school. They took but God should, out. It, should they? Should they should just they? take it all the way out so where it's not even a thing anyway? Because yes. it's not a part of the curriculum. Yes, because it should I, be a part of the curriculum. I won't say that that quickly. Because like I said, Gladys Knight changed my whole perception on what it... Uh, the, I guess the ideology of having kids say the Pledge of Allegiance, because we clearly, when we're kids, don't really listen to the words, but it becomes ingrained in our mind as we get older and, and we have more conversations with other people, it shapes the ideology that we should be proud to be Americans. The I'm Pledge assuming that's what we're going synonymous for. With I do believe songs. that's what we're going for. I believe that's what we're going the for. The question it's, is, it, should we be going for that in this way? Can it's we... synonymous with the 23rd Psalm. When you're a kid, that's the Psalm you learn first. You learn Psalms 1, Psalms 100, the 23rd song. Well, hey, what is the 23rd song? Hey, look, come on. The Lord bro. is my shepherd. Oh, I'm, bro. I'm, look, I'm like you. I'm not thinking. I'm not thinking right in this moment. But you ain't. You I'm in this moment. Friday. <laughs> well, I know my Bible. And never see. And never see. I was busy. But that's what the Bible. Pledge of Allegiance is becoming. Most people, especially if you're black, you learn the Pledge of Allegiance before you learn the, uh, the Black National Anthem. It depends on your community, because if your church is very strong about but i guess the no the better question becomes what does it mean to be an african-american in the united states in this current client i think that's the better question it, it means exactly okay. what you said i was gonna say but you we know what that means but what are we going to do about it are we going to persecute people for being on opposite sides of the page with the pledge of allegiance like i get in a school you kind of want order but it's like maybe you're trying to maybe there's too much in this order maybe you don't need the the fluffy stuff or the value statements in the order because we don't want to do certain things right because of our beliefs like we don't want certain things taught in schools because we're like that's not a school's place so mm. maybe teaching you patriotism is not a school's place if that's what the anthem's for you know what i mean i personally i don't think it should be in schools i don't get why it's in schools i think it's one thing to have some sort of optional situation but it's a very different thing to have a pledge especially if there's a rule that you have to participate in the pledge well i mean i guess again yeah i, I mean congress said it like i'm reading right like when and when you, when you talk about context, 
Like, you always have to understand, like, where the history of the context come from. Player J, it's not even that old. Like a little hundred. Like a little hundred. 1892. And then Congress said, nah, we got to put this in school. In 1942. So it's not, it hasn't been that long ago. And then it was revived in 1954. So it's not even as old as we assume it to be. I was born in 89. The first thing that I learned I how to say when I got that. to school was the pledge. Yep. That was the first thing I remembered other than shapes, numbers, colors, addition, subtraction. Yeah. Was the pledge. They gave us like a little card and they told us to go home. And then when you have a, a what is it called when everybody meet in the auditorium? Whatever that's called. Assembly. Assembly. Your class would say it. Yeah. And they would play the music because yeah. so, somebody auntie knew how to play piano. <laughs> and she would play it in the corner and you would say the pledge. And then you would go sit down. People are also, here's the thing. I think that removing it would be easier than everything else. That's, like there's an article in the hell about updating the Pledge of Allegiance. Again? Like, cause it was, yeah, it was updated Update in the fifties. It was updated in the twenties where they added more words and stuff to it. So they're talking about updating it again to kind of try to remove the white nativist Protestant culture, quote unquote, uh, that yeah. it was rooted in. And I'm like, this is going to get ugly. Yeah. Yeah. We just need to stop <laughs> making people say it and then we don't have to worry about it. But it's like, I mean, yeah, it can go. It. Right. But it's, it's, but it's, it's just like. You don't have to write a couple lines in here for blacks, a couple like lines in here every... for the brown folks, a couple lines in here for the yellow folks. The blacks Pecan are going to want tans. more lines than the yellow Pecan folks tans. have. It's going to turn into the thing like Christmas. Like, yeah. oh, we don't say Christmas. We say happy holidays. Yeah, if you celebrate. That, yeah, that, you know, I and don't I necessarily say, celebrate that. Like, happy I'm, Jesus and Day, actually, <laughs> whoever you are. I be an X Radio.